This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Wish Breakaway is brought to you by you. Thank you so much for being a supporter of the show over the past forever. Uh, anyone who's stuck around the Patreon, you're the best. Seriously, couldn't do it without you. I'm looking at you, Ben Waters. That's right. That's you, Ben Waters. And everyone else. Um, and uh, thank you so much for everything. Uh, I think we're going to do something with the Patreon soon and get stuff back together as the world begins to turn. The first half of this podcast uh, is Greg and I kind of using this podcast as a journal. I know that's not what you want. So great news. Uh, the second half of the podcast, around the 30-minute mark, we have Vince Mercogliano on, beat writer for USA Today on the New York Rangers, uh, and we talk exclusively New York Rangers for 45 minutes. So I hope you guys enjoy that, and let's get to the show. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Fans. Welcome to the Week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Wow, that was weird. Uh, I'm Ryan Mead, I think, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Yeah. Yeah. What if I just yeah. yawned for the first five minutes? I mean, uh. we've had worse openings. If you dig deep far enough, yeah. you could find an opening that was worse. There definitely was. Um, we have our good friend Vince Mercogliano on today. Talk a lot of great Ranger stuff. Probably, we've done a lot of, somehow... We are a couple months, four or five months into the pandemic at this point, and uh, we've covered the Rangers pretty extensively, but today I think we do a, an extra great job covering all the topics with Vince, but for the opening... You would think that we would have thrown a nonsense podcast somewhere in there, and we haven't. We just haven't. We haven't. I mean, I've been having a ball doing the recap series we do for the OT. It's been really, like, it's really refreshing because it feels like, oh, this is the old podcast. Was this what it was like? It was always kind of like dumb and fun. And not, like, thinking about virus and if people are going to not play hockey. Um, and I, I miss those times. And those kind of uh, reminisce. And we'll be have one of those later this week. We're going over Game 7, New Jersey Devils versus New York Rangers 1994, which is going to be a barn burner. So come on come on down and chill with Greg and I. Uh, and maybe Rick Carpinello. Who knows? But today we got, got to talk about a lot of interesting topics. And uh, we talked to Vince about the CBA uh, at least being voted on at this point. We kind of spoke about this with Vince later, but the different leagues that might play. And uh, I just don't see baseball making it. I just don't. I know, uh, I know you don't either. If I had to, yeah, if I had to rank them from no fucking way this shit happens to maybe there's a chance. Yep. Uh, basketball, number one. I don't think it's happening. Really? At least if it... So I have I, baseball how? number one. No, I think... I think baseball will try. I think baseball will get further than basketball, as mm. in the baseball regular season will start, 
And within about 10 days, they'll realize that it's just unsustainable and they'll shut down with, with basketball, unless they magically say we're going to a different place. I just have no idea how the fuck you make Orlando work. I no, no, no idea. Like the, the big, the big news today that I think got buried a little bit one because it's the MLS and two, because it came out just as baseball was announcing its schedule and the NHL was announcing its CBA tentative agreement. So it got buried, but FC Dallas is not going to play MLS soccer this year because 10 players tested positive in Orlando. And the team was very careful to say that they tested positive after having arrived and been in Orlando. So they contracted the virus in Orlando. Right. And that's one team with 10 positives. So I, I don't care what kind of protocols you try to put in place in Orlando. It just ain't going to fucking happen. No. So I, I do think basketball, basketball, I just have no, no idea how they even get tip off. Baseball, I think they'll get to opening day, and within 10 days, they'll be like, this was a really bad fucking idea, and they'll shut down. And I said this with Vince, and I'll just say it again here. I think if any league has a shot, it's hockey, just because they're not in America. Yeah, it's they're true. Getting the, they're getting the fuck out. It's true. I, I am excited for the playoffs. I know I'm not excited for baseball. It just feels weird. And I know you agree with me, and you actually champion that that take birth for anybody else, um, and which is weird because you're lifeblood. You're literally the yeah, thing that you makes guys you listen beat. to this podcast enough to know that this is a New York Met podcast. Yeah, like if any, the, the person who should be most excited that baseball is coming back is Greg Kaplan. And yeah, and I just, I couldn't care less, Ryan. I really couldn't. I just, it's a bastardized season. It's putting my favorite players in harm's way when they don't need to be in harm's way. There's nothing wrong with taking a year off. Just take the fucking year off. Yeah, we'll be fine. Get ready for next I got year. horses. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. Um, there, got- uh, you know what? I'm bummed. I'm, I'm actually funny story. There's a guy who, uh, one of the, one of the main analysts for Naira's broadcast is this former jockey named uh, Rich Migli- uh, Migliori. Yep, big Ranger fan. So I'm 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 trying to angle him to get on the pod. I just don't know how to reach out. to Honestly, him. that'd be hilarious. Oh, uh, that's that. <laughs> I would uh, support that one. Uh, did you reach out to the Athletic and ask if you could have a horse racing podcast? Because feels I like- tweeted I tweeted them. I haven't emailed any of our higher ups yet. Feels but like the, the thing now's is now's the time. Well, here's the thing. I'm probably, I'm I'm not, like with baseball mm. and with hockey, I know enough. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And with horse racing, I know what I'm looking at. A horse but I, racing? I don't have the knowledge that anybody has. With Like, I can, I can tell you the horses that should do well mm-hmm. with the bare minimum amount of information that I get, which is still a good amount of information and more than the normal person would get. But I don't have that, like, next level information that could actually make me a handicapper. It's it, horse racing's hard, dude. It takes a lot of work. I've done more studying on horse racing than I ever did in college. And thank God my parents don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, thank God. Hi, mom. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very interesting situation. I, I hope you do get the the horse racing podcast of your dreams. I, I mix- I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Migs on the pod. I I think it'd be hilarious because you'd have to ask him questions about the Rangers, and I'd just be asking him about like race seven at saratoga uh, i oh, let's do it what else are we doing um we've had a lot of great guests recently though we have uh the, the hockey is just around the corner i do think they're the they're the team the the team they're the league rather that will have the best shot at getting this done like we said it's just they're playing in canada that's such an advantage it's not even close i i'm i guess it's just been a such a weird year i, I can you even believe that it's been a year since panarin's been a ranger because it doesn't feel that way i just don't it's been a year since we've, no. we've made the biggest free agent signing in a, like pretty much of anybody. Uh, and you, we also traded for Jacob Truba. And all of a sudden, 
Like, that that season still isn't over, Greg. It feels like it's too little time and too much time at the same time. Time, you know? Yeah, like, I'm sure that if we were doing this podcast in a normal Ranger world, we're probably coming off the heels of doing, like, an emergency podcast about an extension yep. or a free agent. That's the crazy thing to think about, right? It's, it's July 6th. This is the first Monday since what would have been free agent friends. One year ago, we on had a July podcast 1st. about signing Artemi Panarin and if it was a good yeah, deal or like, not. We would have we would have had an emergency podcast in here somewhere. One of us probably would have been upset that we were doing the emergency podcast. Mm-hmm. We would have had a debate about whether we do the emergency podcast because of an extension to D'Angelo or Strom or a trade. Like, think about it, dude. The, that we would have if, if it was a normal world, we would have been two weeks removed, three weeks removed from being in Montreal for the draft. Like we had plans to go to the draft. This year. Honestly, my my pit just like this. I just have a pit in my stomach from you saying that. Because yeah, ugh, that's so a dream. Does it does it feel does it feel like it's been a year since Panarin signed? No, it feels longer. Because honestly, it feels like a year since I've been in the office for work, and I haven't been there since March. Like the world for me, I don't, I'm sure you feel kind of similar. The world stopped in March. Like this is this is like extra time in soccer. What we're doing right now, we ended the first half, but for some reason, someone's leg got amputated, so we have to play like 60 minutes of extra time. But this, like this time frame that we're in, this pause that we're in, I, I, I don't. It, it does. It, everything just feels longer. It the Artemi Panarin signing. You, you could have told me that was two thousand and five. I'd been like, yeah, <laughs> that checks out. It does feel like Artemi Panarin has been a Ranger camp. for ten years at this point. Like, I was like oh, yeah, that guy's just, an all-time it's, Ranger. It yeah, it stinks. Just I think I, I trying to think of what kind of podcasts we would have done. Like the only thing that we did in during this pause that we would have probably done. We were we had plans to start this '94 Rangers rewatch before the pandemic happened, and we had plans to do the Momcast before the pandemic happened. Everything else just gone. And I, this isn't like a "woe is me" kind of thing. We're we're not important. It's a stupid podcast Facts. that we do for the Athletic. Thank you, by the way, for the checks. But like we're, we we both have a great grasp, and we are humbled every day. We understand that if we don't exist tomorrow, that's fine. The world would probably be a better place if we're being honest. But like. Just to think about the things that we had lined up, the things that we were actually taking seriously for the first time since we started this weird thing. We didn't do a draft special. Nope. We didn't go to the draft. Nope. We didn't do on-site interviews at the draft. Nope. We didn't have our pre-free agent frenzy day. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we're not doing our post-free agent frenzy day. There are no emergency podcasts on trades. Nope. Signings. There. Are, we're just. We just show up every Monday and talk into a microphone about how exacerbated we are every day by coronavirus. Yeah, and and it's and all of you who have stuck around, which is still a large amount of you comparatively, like the the podcast has suffered numbers wise. That's not I'm not again not no what was me, but all of you who just chill with us still. First of all, why? Second of all, thank you. Because that's all yeah, I have. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just. It's, it's just crazy. Like, does it feel like Artemi Panarin has been a New York Ranger for a year? No, it feels longer because I forgot what time was when March 12th happened. March like, 12th. What a day. It's just stupid. I think about March 12th. I was in a basement in Denver, Colorado, trying to figure out if I was going to be able to come home. Like, that was my only concern on March 12th. Yeah, can I Our come airport's home? still going to be open. Do I have to drive? And now, yeah, now think about it. When's the next time you're going to get in an airport? I don't know. My my work that I somehow still work non work related, like for your oh. pleasure, for your leisure. I don't know. Two thousand twenty one late, maybe. Post vaccine, right? Probably. I have a wedding October twenty one, twenty twenty one. I'm hoping to have a vaccine and be able to get on a plane by then. 
I have a wedding this Labor Day in Virginia, no. and I've I they're two of my closest no. friends from my Savannah years. Oh, I, if I go, I'm driving. Like that, it's that simple. Yeah, I've already to. come to terms with the fact that if I want to go, I got to be comfortable being in the car for 12 hours. So like, I'm leading towards going because it's the venue is like their parents' house, yep. and it's a sprawling house. So I don't feel bad about interacting with people when I get there. But yeah, I the next time I get on an airplane. I don't know. I'm going to worry about if my flight's delayed by snow, probably. My job set up like a thing to go to like a, a trade show event in Florida in September. No, that's a big pass for Ryan. Yeah. Other thing, other thing, I just, this, I, I don't, I didn't mean for this to become a reminiscing podcast about the plans that you <laughs> don't had worry. that we're not going to do. We but talk just, about Rangers a lot. It's coming. I promise. Yeah. I just, I think of the other shit that I was going to do. Like this was Euro 2020. I was so excited. I was going to go there for soccer. Yep. And, now, now, not only is Euro 2020 not happening, I can't go to Europe. Uh, there's a travel ban, yeah. so I can't even if I wanted to. Oh, it's just like I've got dude, to, I've got what, to Montreal. I've got to Montreal every year for the past five years. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year every single Ain't year. Going this year, Ryan? No, I'm Ain't not going this year. Do you know why they are not letting me in? <laughs> yeah, I, I think about it. I think about, I think about the shit that I did in the two and a half months I was able to do things this year. If I didn't go to Vegas, I think I'd. I'd I'm already going crazy, but if I didn't get that long weekend in Vegas with our friend Jeff, where we just watched hockey, gambled, and basically didn't sleep, oh boy, I, I'd, I'd be in a bad spot mentally. And yeah. I'm happy I able to was able to go to Denver to visit my sister. Like, forget about trying to see my sister now. Yep. Uh, but thankful that I did it when I did it. Didn't know I was seeing the final Ranger game to ever be played in front of people. Um, Oh, it's just, it's all insane. It's crazy it, that you were there. Still. It insane. still freaks me out. Like, it's That's like a moment in history that you'll never forget. You, you know? know what? The funny thing is, I don't think I talk about this on the podcast enough. The funny thing to me is, so the Ranger game was a Wednesday, mm -hmm. a Wednesday night. And by Thursday morning, the league had suspended. That arena had a Post Malone concert on Thursday night that they just said, fuck it, we're going to do it. And I just remember thinking, I remember thinking going into the Ranger game, like, this is a bad idea. I can't imagine with 24 hour more reflection on it. People going to that Post Malone concert, not thinking, this is fine. What are you doing? Like, what were those people doing? I, I got into an Uber later that night because I hung out with two friends. And the Uber driver was like, yeah, no, fuck it. I avoided that place like the plague. You're the only driver. You're the only ride I'm doing tonight. And I was like, dope. Thank God. I didn't want to call my sister to have her come pick my yeah. incredibly inebriated ass up for my friend's house because we watched six hours of, what was that? I think that was Love is Blind. Yep, yeah, that was that Love, was is, Love blind. is Blind. That's a tough one. Yeah, that, you know what? That's you, that's how long quarantine has been. We've done Love Is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, Floor Is Lava. We like all these shows have come and gone, and we're not even talking about them anymore. They don't matter. They just don't. <laughs> it's such a weird situation. And uh, you know, I thought uh, to to get even more personal for a second, even though I guess that's what we're doing now. Um, I didn't think I was happy. It wasn't the plan. I don't remember yeah. what the first question was you asked. I just talked about Artemi Panarin and how great he is, and he is. He's great. Um, we got, we got the life is terrible and everything. is. Yeah. Miserable. I, uh, I thought I was doing an okay job. You know, I got the uh, wife and I got the COVIDs, had a great time. Um, was struggling through that for a while. And I thought mentally I was good. And you know what? Turns out, Greg, I wasn't okay. And, uh, if you're not okay out there, that's fine. You know, it's, it's okay to reach out to people and be like, Hey, are you all right? Because I was not cool. And I didn't realize this until like a week and a half ago. Um, and it, it takes some time. You know, you have no idea what's happening to you until, Maybe someone tells you, hey, you're being an asshole, probably because you had COVID and you, your whole life is total weird now and shit. 
So, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe to, don't do to that. To be fair, they just weren't telling you you were an asshole sooner. You're always been an asshole. And that's the thing. Like, when you say it, I'm so used to it, I'm kind of numb, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the only person telling you the truth. So yeah. You, it's, it's the, you were the only person yeah. saying the truth this whole time. And I somehow, like, just in front of my face, just let you do it. No, but I just think, think, of, think of how fucked up this world is, right? I'm, I'm trying to see some of our friends who live in, uh, like, just outside uh, Hoboken and New York City and those yep. places. Mm -hmm. And, like, the conversations we're having before we plan these trips is, oh, so, you, like, you're, I'm, I'm getting my friends tested before I see them. I <laughs> need to know. Yeah. Like, that's the real conversation I have. It's like, I, I'd love to hang out. You have to get tested. Yep. Otherwise, I'm not coming. Yeah. You so get, it's just get the knowledge. And and by the way, that sometimes that doesn't matter because I tested negative two times. So there you go. Yeah, that's the other thing. You have to like. You have to catch it at the right you time. You have to get tested every day. Yeah. No, you have to get tested every day. Like, that's the only way to know. <laughs> it's really the only way to know. This is, it's, oh, God. What a stupid world we live in. Thank God sports are trying to come back. I know. That makes perfect fucking sense. Let's do uh, two five-star questions and then get to oh, our. Got uh, two. Let yeah. me guess. One's from Mike in New Haven. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got. It. God bless Mike, man. Yeah, that that that, that kid, he hustles. He, he gets... he's he's trying. I feel you. You know what? I I really do. I my I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My heart breaks for the class of 2020 and all the kids that entered the job market, and honestly, the kids that were just in the first couple of years of trying to figure out what the fuck they want to do. Those first couple of years after college, you're supposed to be able to fail. Like when I graduated college, I was a busboy for a resort hotel restaurant in savannah not what i wanted to do hated it had to work by the pool every day in fucking 110 degree heat it was disgusting and miserable i did lose 25 pounds from being outside though i will say that best shape of my life hashtag best shape of my life but <laughs> like not at all what i wanted to be fucking doing but i understood that like it was okay for a 22 year old kid who just graduated college not to be doing what he wanted to be doing at least I had the option of working that job. The kids who graduated this year, the fuck, man. I, I honestly, what do you do? I, I don't my know. heart breaks thinking about what the fuck they're doing. It's like, and what, what do you It's do? not just really what they're know. doing. It's, it's hard enough to get a job out of college. Now you're competing with, what, 45 million other Americans who just got laid off? Yeah. So the job market is even more saturated than it would have been if you were just trying to normally graduate. And people with I experience feel, are taking feel, pay cuts to work any job. Yeah. And, and just like my heart breaks for the class of 2020 graduating college kids, my heart breaks for the kids that are class of 2024 that are just about to start their college careers. I not getting your freshman year. I needed my freshman year of college to like transition between understanding what life was like at home and understanding how to start taking care of myself on a singular basis. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how people are doing it these days. Not being able to, not just not being able to go to college, but like, so our college, they're allowing kids back on campus, but they're instituting Saturday classes to prevent you from traveling. They're, you're still going to have to have at least half of your classes online. You're not going to be able to, you know how hard I worked to make sure I didn't have Friday classes when I was in college. Very hard. I had one Friday class. It was my first semester of freshman year when we didn't get to pick our classes. It was also the last time I had an 8 a.m. class because I knew I wasn't waking my ass up early. I can't, I just, I can't imagine the college experience in this life. It, and it, 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 I don't know where I'd be without the college experience. I understand college isn't for everyone. I, I I'm, for me, unique, Greg Kaplan, the unique experience that I had, I would not be where I am today if I didn't go to college. Not for the classes I took, just for the life lessons. Same. For being able to self, 
being self-efficient. Same. Being able to do things on my own. I needed that. I didn't know if I'd be able to handle it. Those four years were paramount to my maturity, at least on a non-emotional landscape. So it's it's nuts, dude. I, I the heart breaks for them. And I, I I got on this rant because Mike's a young kid trying to get into get in the sports business. And I I don't know the advice to give anyone trying to get into sports. I would I would love to try to give advice to someone trying to get in sports. I just don't know how you do it. My, my advice- it was hard enough when everything was moving online. Forget about everything moving online. Now it's just like, where would I even begin? I don't even know what to no say idea. to anybody. Cause like, okay, let's put it this way. Um, I would say, I think we've done an okay job, right? We have a podcast for the athletic. I, I, I wouldn't, but we haven't hashtag made it. It's not like we were like, oh, shit, we've quit our jobs and we work in sports business. We both still work full-time jobs. And we host a podcast for, like, what was a premier uh, sports uh, entertainment agency in, in The Athletic. You know, other than, like, maybe Barstool and ESPN, like, that's – it's just The Athletic. I mean, Fox Sports, maybe? Like, there's, there's not that many sports outlets. And I feel like we've worked our asses off to get to where we are and it's not our full-time jobs. Like I'm super happy with the athletic, but I don't need my, my advice is always like be consistent and just keep going and like, just cover your topics and have unique and fun things to say. But even then, like what, there's no unique fun thing to say at all. There's nothing unique and fun to say like, Oh wow. Hockey's probably going to be canceled. <laughs> like now what, what is fun about sports? I don't know. It's I'm still doing it. It's weird. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, that that this has been a really ranty first half of the pod, which neither sure. of us expected. No, I expected we were going to talk about. We get into a lot, of, guys. We promise. We, we promise. talk I exclusively promise. hockey with Vince. Like there's some coronavirus talk, but it's, but it's real with good. a specific hockey. Slant. Yeah, it's really like, good. It's, information. it's not us just being upset about the world and yeah. all that good shit. I'm going to write in the for the first description of this that uh, Greg and Ryan use use this podcast as a journal. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. What I want to say it's just it's I I do I. Everyone who's just getting out of college and trying to figure it out, I want to say it's going to get better. It has to get better. Like, it really does. This We might not be at rock bottom with the coronavirus itself because of leadership. I'll leave it at that. You guys can fill in the blanks. You know what the fuck it is. You don't need me laying it out there for you. Like, we're not at rock bottom with this disease yet, but I promise you for you personally, this is it. There's only There's literally nowhere else to go but up. I don't know when that will start. I breaks my heart that I can't sit here and say, hang in there for another two months. It'll get better after that. I really don't know, but I do know it's hard to imagine it getting worse. So you just got to hang in there. I'm with you. And, and you, it, you talk, it all just, it all sucks for everybody. You talked about Maris being like a really big stepping stone. I obviously came in after Suffolk community college, so I didn't get the first two years um at marist but the friendships i made like like are worth way more and this is cheesy as hell but worth way more than the degree i got like uh, if i didn't have this social group that is our friend group which is uh, literally i would consider my brothers at this point 25 really close family members of mine that are just not family but are legitimately my brothers at this point and not a fraternity by the way just a friend group um i, yeah. I, 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 I think i think about that i wouldn't have i it. think about that all the time the the kids I consider, or the guys I consider my closest friends, I I lived with them on the same floor freshman year, and we've all stuck together since freshman year. We all lived on the same floor of Leo Hall at Marist College. We've all been in each other's weddings. We've all been at, there for the one of our friends who's had a kid. Like we, We've all done everything together, mm-hmm. and I don't know where I would be if I didn't have that experience as an 18-year-old 
leaving my house for the first time. Right. And now you so can't I, socialize the way you used to to make those yeah, friends. And, and not just that, but you have so many fears when you start college in the first place. I can't imagine those same kind of social fears while also having to worry about whether your roommate who you just met a couple weeks ago has the coronavirus. I know. And you're wearing a like mask when you go to bed and shit. I don't know. Well, I just like, I, I know how small my dorm room was and there were two of us in it. My freshman tiny. Year. I, and I, again, living with a completely random dude, I didn't have a choice. Someone I had never met before in my life. Someone I would have never met in my life. If we didn't randomly get assigned the same room. It, Weird. And he's, it's, I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know how, what, what are they called? Like Zoomers Yep, is what they're called. Zoomers. Yeah. I don't know how, I, I don't know how they're doing it. God bless them. They better, I, they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be harder than we were when we came out of college because Have to be. they are getting so much shit thrown at them right from square one. So good fucking luck that that's not even me trying to be condescending or anything. Yeah, no, that's it's legit. Genuine good fucking luck. I don't know how you're going to do it. I wouldn't have been able to do college online. I could barely do work online. So it's like, I don't, it, it, hang in there is really all I can say. Let's get to Mike's question. How about that, huh? That The kid who started the rant. I don't even <laughs> think Mike's in college. I don't know if Mike's still in college. I think he is. But it, yeah. We'll find out next week when God, he the question. That basically, basically our way to go about this. God bless Mike in New Haven. For sure. That kid hustles. Uh, so Mike says, I'm 20 and I'm a Yankee fan, but I don't hate the Mets. Uh, and I like it when both teams are good at the same time, like 1999, 2000 example. The only time I don't root for them is when they're playing the Yankees. That said, I'm thinking about getting a black Ray Ordonius jersey. It costs 48 bucks, and he was such an interesting part of those 99, 2000 teams. Am I a bad fan if I get this jersey? I mean, it's not a Red Sox jersey after all. No, you're not a bad fan. No, and I. That's a, my thing is as a non-Yankee fan, like the Yankee jersey just doesn't really interest me. Yep. You know what I mean? I get like, it. I, there's nothing like I, I it's get, pinstripes. It's classic. That's about it. Yeah, and it's unique because you don't have the names on the back mm-hmm. and it's yada yada. But it's like it's not a flashy jersey. Like those black Mets jerseys are fire. They're they really are nice. Dope. They're really so nice. if you want a number zero or Donez, which is a fun last name with a couple Spanish accents over the ends, and I think it's a nice looking jersey. And Ray himself, super fucking interesting player. Because I don't think that kind of player would ever exist again in this modern day of baseball. He can't hit for shit, had no power, doesn't draw walks. And while he plays fantastic defense, that's just not enough anymore. He, the, the, my Ray Ordonez, uh, this is my favorite Ray Ordonez fact, Ryan. And I think, I don't know if I've done this with you. I've done it with our friend. Um, Probably Joe Banks or Vinny. Vinny Gennardi before. Yep. I'm going to read you Ordonez's triple slash and WRC plus in 1999. And I want you to guess what you think is uh win buffer place. Okay. All right. In 1999, Ray Ordonez hit 258, 319, 317. I think we did. That's this. a 62. I think WRC we did plus. Yeah. What, what do you think his war? Wasn't is? it like 4.1? It's three. Okay. Ray Ordonez was 38% worse than league average offensively. That's insane. 258, 319, 317. A lower slugging percentage than an on-base percentage. He was worth three wins for his glove alone. That blo- He was a 41.1 defensive met- metric. Blows my mind. On fan graphs. Um, all right, next, well, next question, then we're going to Vincent. I pro- we promise. I know this was a journal. 
Uh, and I'll put, I'll put, I'll put the link to the timestamp for uh, everybody. And if you want to skip our journaling, but you won't know that till Ooh, you Steve, get past Steve it. Steve Cohen's about to bid on the Mets. How about that? Is that true? Wow. Congratulations, Steve. Uh, just um, breaking news into the BSB. Congratulations, Steve. And congratulations, Patrick Mahomes, by the way. Um, why so serial 22 asks, Hey guys, with free agency set to start in November, I've got a two part question okay. about offering uh, restricted free agent sheets. Does okay. the flat cap kill any chance of a team offering Matt, uh, offer sheeting Matt Barzal and pulling, plunging the Islanders into complete chaos? I think so. I, I don't think well, that's it. First things first, it wasn't going to happen, right? Because yep. the NHL is a league of just infants <laughs> in the general manager's <laughs> office. Yep. They're, they're, they're weak. They're cowards. They won't do it. They don't understand. They don't understand the benefit of not even signing the player, just putting a team in the position to make a difficult decision. Yep. That, that is something that NBA owner uh, management understands better than any other league. It when the Rockets offered Jeremy Lin that twenty-five million dollar contract, part of it was because they wanted Jeremy Lin, but a bigger part of it was they just wanted to fuck the Knicks. Like they they understood that they were. <laughs> you know what's the so Knicks. funny about that is like, hey, these this Knicks team, we gotta make sure we get them. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this Knicks team's on the up and up. We need to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. So let's. Daryl Morey was like, you know what's the one thing I know the Knicks won't be able to handle? A hard decision. So let me make them have to make a yeah, hard decision. Yeah, it's not like Daryl was like made out in that trade, but yeah. Or that offer sheet. It, it, but it, it fucked the Knicks. Like, it did its principle. It did. It did the thing that he wanted. Right, Jeremy Lin got hurt and turned out not to be a great signing for the Houston Rockets. But he, he made the Knicks have to make a hard decision. And he understood that that in itself had value. That's something NHL general managers don't understand and honestly this flat cap is an even bigger reason for a team to offer matt barzal an offer sheet because you're screwing the islanders over even more the islanders are already fucked you can fuck them twice it would be great if the again don't want to root for good things to happen to the new jersey devils though it won't matter if they hire lindy ruff so if they want to do this after hiring lindy ruff i hope they're listening they have so much cap space and will have no idea what to do with it they should be the first team to offer Matt Barzal a contract, especially because they have like three first round picks this year. So they're going to lose four future first round picks, but they can just use all their first round picks this year, including one that's in the top 10. Okay. But they're not going to do it because that's just not how the NHL works. So to answer this question specifically, the flat cap is a bigger reason for a team to offer sheet a restricted free agent because a team's going to have to make already difficult decisions even harder because now you're offering a bigger contract than they want to give out. Do I think it'll happen? No, because there are 31 cowards in the NHL. Second part of this question is, given the Lightning's tight cap situation, is there any chance the Rangers could free up enough money via trades or buyouts to offer sheet Sergachev keep up the great work? Uh, two years, maybe. Maybe a trade in two years. Maybe. Yeah, I, it, it's not – I just – defense isn't – defense isn't where the Rangers should be giving up those kind of draft pick assets, right? Yep. The Rangers, if they want to trade some of the young defensemen they ha currently have for a more established defense center, like the Rangers, if the Rangers wanted, not even talking Tony D'Angelo, but say like, say the Rangers wanted to trade someone like Zach Jones or Matt Robertson, right? And they, they get a little bit, not even their top defensive prospects, but widely considered good defensive prospects that you could nab an established NHL or for. I think those are the kind of moves the Rangers should be making. I think the Rangers feel great about Keandre Miller's future. Yep. I think they're confident that Ryan Lindgren will be no worse than a, or no worse than a third pairing defenseman. So I, I, I don't think the Rangers need to be spending that kind of capital on someone like Sergachev. 
I do think the Rangers will spend quote unquote future capital in a defenseman trade. But I think the first thing the Rangers want to do is trim the fat a little bit in their yep. own system. Uh, on that, with that being said, let's get to our good friend Vince and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys at the end of the show. Bye. Oh, transition? Not bye. Jesus. Transition. This episode of Bush's Breakaway is actually brought to you by Manscaped. I know you've missed this. Who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. That's right. For those listening in Canada, you could be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Ooh, you don't want that happening. When I tell you this premium, I mean premium battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can shave longer. Those balls will be so clean. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Listen, Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower is the best ball trimmer on the market. You get 20% off free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC. That's THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC. In a limited time, subscribers get not subscribers. Subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and thirty at a $39 value and patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code the athletic back to the show hey back with our guest for the day guest of the day uh we have our good friend and good pal vincent mercagliano with us of usa today and loha.com where you can read his wonderful articles on the new york rangers ever-changing existence vince how are you doing today question mark i'm doing as well as i can be i got caught in a rainstorm uh, on my way out of the grocery store which was fun but beyond that uh all things considered i'm doing all right you guys up living our best lives, having a wonderful time at work, trying to get a new CRM system in for my entire company, which is failing magnificently. And Gregory is betting on horses, I'm assuming. So, Greg, you're doing good, too. Yeah, I lost. I actually lost on a horse yesterday. I learned some hockey trivia yesterday while watching horse racing. Very good. Uh, the record for fastest hat trick scored in NHL history was scored by a dude named Mozienko. He did it against the Rangers, and that horse beat me yesterday, so I lost money. Wow. Really? So not Tony D'Angelo. No, not, not Tony D'Angelo. He didn't do it in 27 <laughs> seconds. Uh, unbelievable. Um, let's get right to it. Um, we don't really know anything. Uh, the Rangers have been practicing, though. Have you been covering any of the uh, the practices so far, and who's been showing up? Yeah, no, I have not been there yet. Phase two, there is no media mm. allowed. Uh, but my understanding is that when, if, I feel like everything we say, we're going to have to make it an if. Yep. Uh, but allegedly, if they is do the best way to do training, that. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, if they do start training camp on Monday the 13th, as they're planning, and, and the NHLPA uh, kind of confirmed that tonight, um, I am told that they will be allowing one media member per outlet, likely capping it at 10 media members uh, to observe practice. But we won't be able to – do any of the normal stuff that we do, like no press conference with Quinn, no, obviously no locker room access, uh, no talk, pretty much no talking to anybody while we're there. So it would essentially be, we can go to practice, we can observe, and then afterwards, presumably they would set up like Zoom calls or some kind of virtual interview session. So it's going to be different. 
Um, but I, my understanding as of now is that for phase three, once the full squad training camp opens up, that we will be allowed there. Um, and as far as which guys are there now for the phase two, uh, it's more than half the team. Uh, last week, they, they kind of, over the course of the week, had most of the guys from Europe that weren't here yet fly in. Um, so, you know, Mika Zibanejad, Jesper Foss, Filipito, Capococco, uh, go down the line. Um, and they had for the, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I know like the first guys to show up were Chris Carter, uh, Mark Stahl, Brendan Smith, uh, Artemi Panarin was here, then he left, then he came back. Um, Igor Shosturkin got here pretty early. So they have most of the guys in place. I think what we're kind of waiting to see now is now that we know it's going to be a 31 man roster with 28 skaters and three goalies, like how do they fill out the bottom of that roster? Um, and will any guys opt out? Uh, so far, I have heard that nobody from the Rangers has, te- has tested positive for COVID. Although, I mean, that could change at any moment. Uh, and I haven't checked in today. Um, but so far, so good with that. As far as I know, obviously, uh, for various legal reasons, they probably won't be releasing names unless the player wants to if someone does test positive. Uh, but they seem to be in pretty good shape with that. I mean, the only question now is, Will anybody decide to opt out and uh, who will they fill out the bottom of the roster with, you know, likely a combination of prospects and AHL players. Well, that brings in, I guess, to Kravstov, who's come over at this point, right? He's, he's already in New York, uh, according to his Instagram. Uh, and you said filling out the bottom of that roster. I, I'm assuming he's a likely candidate in that situation. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm hearing, he is, unlikely to play in a game unless there's injuries or guys getting sick or anything like that, but very likely to be on the roster and travel to the hub city with the team, which quite honestly, in the beginning of this whole process, I wasn't so sure about, I mean, to have him travel here from Russia when you know, he's probably not going to have a spot in the lineup. uh, I I wasn't sure if they want to do that, Uh, but apparently they do. I think they see a lot of value in having him, participate practice with the with the real team the nhlers uh experience whatever this tournament or playoff run might end up being uh and he apparently really wanted to be here the the way it went down last week was kind of crazy because there was a russian interview that came out uh where he spoke pretty extensively about you know what went down this season and what was going to come next for him and where he was at with the rangers uh and i reached out to the reporter that day to get the translation of the interview and in the interview he said that he was planning to come on friday july 3rd and then next thing i know somebody from the rangers texted me and said hey he just landed and this is like three days before he said he was going to so that kind of that kind of threw me for a loop uh but yeah he's here he's raring and ready to go and i think the rangers are happy to have him here because they feel like it'll be a good experience for him can you foresee any curveballs with whatever the rangers roster looks like in terms of who actually plays for david quinn or I'm of the I'm of the opinion, and I I'd still be stunned knowing all that we know about David Quinn that someone will break this lineup that wasn't with the Rangers at when the season paused in March. I I think so. We know first off, we know for sure that Brendan Lemieux is going to miss at least one game. Uh, I confirm that with a source in the league that they are definitely going to keep that suspension. That he he if, there was an illegal hit in the last game against the Avalanche that he got suspended for and they never announced how long the suspension would be because they were waiting to see what was going to happen next. 
Uh, but I was told that it was likely to be multiple games if it were the regular season. And now with it being the, the tournament, uh, it's technically not the playoffs unless they make it past the qualifying round for the tournament. It's the playoffs, um, Vince. I'm told it – yeah, I, it's all these ifs and, and, uh, and tentative things. But um, I was told that he'll be suspended for at least one game. So obviously they're going to have to fill that spot. I think the easy answer there is your boy Greg McKaig. Um, he steps right in on that fourth line and, you know, probably Gautier is with him and then either DiGiuseppe or Howden, uh, the other one being on the third line. So if everybody's healthy, I think it's pretty much going to be what we saw at the end of the regular season. But, you know, there are so many variables like we talked about. If somebody opts out, if somebody gets sick, um, then who's next? Like McKaig is kind of the extra forward right now. But if you have to go beyond McKaig, the next guy in line would be really interesting because then you've got a lot of different guys to pick up from. We talked about Kratzoff, could be Lettieri, uh, Tim Gettinger, uh, Stephen Fogarty we saw, Bunievis, Danny O'Regan. Um, there's quite a few options once you get past that McKaig spot, which, you know, McKaig kind of spent the whole season as like the extra forward who would go in and out of the lineup. Um, so I, I think that they would stick with what they had for most of the season. But again, this is such an uncertain situation. You don't know how deep into that bag of depth they're going to need to reach. Yeah, uh, I, you really don't. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before and probably everything related to COVID ever, but all it takes is one test and then you lose a player for the entire series. It's not like you're going to get, let's say someone gets COVID, uh, on the team, you know, let's, let's not hope that happens. Uh, that player's just gone for the whole playoff series. They're not coming back. This isn't like a, oh, they'll be, they'll be back, uh, lower body injury two games. Uh, they'll be gone. So I guess they, Kravstoff, uh, if that does happen, I mean, I mean, you just said Greg McKay, right? Like, what, why would the Rangers, <laughs> honestly, I know this isn't up to you, but why would the Rangers put Greg McKay in over Kravstoff at this point? Kravstoff has the higher upside. Kravstoff just came over, uh, flew over from Russia. He's got the younger talent. Uh, they don't trust him just yet, but if you're in a you're in a play-in game, I just don't see why you don't why don't do Kravstoff. And I'm assuming we'll figure that out in, during training camp. But it just feels weird at this point. We're like Greg McKay doesn't have a future with the Rangers, where Kravstoff uh, very much does. Yeah, but you know, I I, I got to say I disagree there because first off, Kravstoff we know had a very uneven season. We do. Uh, he did not produce you know points the way that I think many people would have expected him to. His AHL. Uh, scoring was not really up to par. I mean, Vinny Lettieri is a guy, if you're looking for scoring, who very much outperformed him uh, with Hartford this year. And clearly the Rangers do not trust him in the defensive zone. I mean, that was their big beat with him during training camp. That's really the area where they feel like they need to grow. And I just couldn't see them throwing him into the fire for his first NHL game in that kind of situation. And, and you know, it would likely be like a fourth line grinding we want you to really commit to the defensive zone kind of a situation. I just don't think that's putting him in a position to succeed. I think that they would much rather him start fresh coming into training camp for the next season when he very much will have a chance to make the roster uh, and in theory play above the fourth line. Hopefully you, you would think that that would be what they, what they envision for him in the long run. Um, I think that they look at having him here now as a chance to set him up for future success just by being around the team, by practicing with the team every day, by seeing what it's like and kind of sitting back and observing and learning as opposed to, hey, we're going to throw you out into the fire uh, in a situation where, you know, we definitely don't fully trust you and we definitely don't fully think that, um, you know, you're going to be put in the best position to succeed. So 
I, I, I think that for a variety of reasons, Craig McKaig makes a lot more sense in a series against the Hurricanes than Kratzoff does. Now, the only disclaimer is if they were to lose somebody who they count on for scoring, then you could maybe make the case that they would look to a Kratzoff or more likely a Lichieri to insert into a spot where they want somebody that they feel like is capable of producing points and, and not necessarily just grinding and playing defense. But generally speaking, I don't see any reason for them as, as, as good as they were playing in the second half of the season, I don't see any reason for them to, to, you know, divert off that path and, and try to really shake the lineup up. How I, I, some, one thing that my mind keeps going back to, not just with the Rangers, but also with basketball and with baseball, if they make it back and football, if it ever gets his act together, how in the world do we expect teams to handle a player's positive COVID diagnosis? Because I, I know that NHL has been vague about injuries forever and we've made jokes about upper body and lower body injuries, but if a player all of a sudden disappears from the team sheet and it's for an unknown or unspecified reason, but it's not an injury, can't we all figure it out? Like how would the, how would a team go about trying to placate the player to the media? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, the guessing games are going to run rampant on Twitter. I mean, I think it's kind of, I feel like myself and the other reporters who are, who are going to be, you know, right, obviously not as close as we usually would be to the situation, given all the precautions that they're taking, but the people that are going to be reporting on this stuff, I mean, it's going to be really careful for us not, we have to be really careful not to speculate. But like you said, if a guy just disappears and there was no obvious injury, uh, and, and as you mentioned, they are already notoriously secretive about these type of things, even before the, the, the pandemic, um, it's going to be kind of hard not to connect the dots. Um, so I, I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, certain players, I think, you know, if a player wants to make it public and say, hey, listen, this is the reason I'm out, then that player has every right to do that. But if the player does not want to share that information, the team is certainly not going to share that information. And then it's going to be one of those situations where the reporters probably handle it delicately, but fans come to their own conclusions. And I'm sure a lot of times, like you said, it'll be pretty obvious that it's because of COVID. So, I mean, that's going to be an interesting situation uh, if we get there. Um, but yeah, for sure. I, I don't think the teams are going to be bending over backwards to give us ex extra information on that. I really think it's going to come down to whether or not the player wants to share. Are you surprised that at this point right now, July 6th, uh, at 7.30 p.m., we still don't really have confirmed hub cities, but we've extended the CBA? Well, we haven't extended the CBA. That's another thing that we should clarify here. The players still have to vote on that. That's correct. Um, yeah. I mean, that, like, all the, like I, you know, I, I've obviously been involved on in Twitter in the last couple hours since the news came out, and everybody seems to be, like, you know, jumping for joy that this means the season is coming back, and that is not accurate. Um, it is likely – I think it is likely that, you know, basically what they said today is we agreed to the details and parameters that we will now a vote to really agree on. Um, like they've kind of put stuff into writing and now they get to vote, the players get to vote on that and every single player will get a vote. Um, so they still have to pass that. I believe that they will pass that. But as you touched on, the much bigger question mark right now is will they actually be able to play? Like, is it, is this going to happen? I still 
as much as a lot of people have, have been optimistic in the last couple months, I think when I spoke to you guys last uh, during, during the, the, I don't know if it was Twitch or whatever the video game charity thing you were doing yep. was, Ryan, um, we all had our doubts, and I still very much have my doubts. I mean, I still kind of look at this as a 50-50 thing. I, I think the league has every motivation in the world to try to pull this off, but if cases spike for any one team, I mean, how do you proceed? And the other thing is, you know, three different well, – well, many sports are trying to do this right now, but the attention in, in America is very much on baseball, basketball, hockey. If one of those sports gets to the point where they decide that for the best of everyone involved they need to shut down, the pressure is going to shift to the other leagues to do the same thing. Uh, and, and I'm very curious to see – how far down the line we get with this. Like do all three leagues, baseball, basketball, and hockey, do all three leagues actually pull this off? I mean, today, Monday, we heard a lot of skepticism from the baseball world. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I still have my doubts. I really think that that's the bigger question mark right now. I think that it was always likely that the players were going to ratify and the players were going to do their part to try to make this happen. but this is a situation that nobody can control. I mean, Ryan, you know better than anybody yes. else what it's like to, to go through actually having COVID, and I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. But I just think there's still so many unknowns, and, and I still very much have my doubts. Like, I've been saying this to everybody who's been asking me, like, oh, are you planning to go to training camp? Are you planning to go to Toronto? Are you planning to go, you know, follow all this? Like, all I can do right now is live day to day because this situation, I feel like, could get turned on its head at any moment. And especially as more players report. I mean, right now, the, the uh, announcement that the uh, league put out earlier today about 20-something players having tested positive so far, that's only about half the players that have been tested that have actually shown up for Phase 2. So in the next week, between today and next Monday, when they're supposed to open this Phase 3 training camp, all these players are going to come in. All these players are going to get tested. And we have no idea what the results are going to look like. Uh, you know, if anybody picked it up while they were traveling, if anybody had it and they were asymptomatic, uh, if any team in particular is going to be hit really hard, uh, there's just still so many unknowns that I am far from convinced that this is definitely going to happen. Oh, we are too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest poo-pooer, I think, on anything these days. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I just feel like beaten and downtrodden by just about every update we get. However, negative Greg will say that I, I, as crazy as this sounds, I think hockey has the best chance of actually succeeding because baseball, for whatever reason, they're trying to travel. And I think we all agree that seems like a colossally stupid thing to do. Basketball, they're mm -hmm. trying the bubble, but they're trying it in Orlando, which seems like the worst fucking place in the world to try and do anything right now, except, I don't know, leave. Uh, hockey's <laughs> advantage is they're trying this in Canada, right, where the numbers are better. The healthcare system is more robust. Uh, robu yeah, robust is the, is the <laughs> is, I guess the PG word to use. I got your back. It, it, I I will say if there's a North American league that could possibly hold a tournament of any kind right now, I do think it's advantage hockey. Now, is that a, is it a good idea? I have no idea. What will happen leading up to this tournament? I have no idea. We've already seen the Blues have to shut down camp. The Lightning have had to shut down camp. Uh, it's I'm skeptical, but if any if any league could actually do it, at least the NHL is being smart enough to get the fuck out of America. It does seem that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do feel like I do feel like they 
are in a position to potentially succeed. I just, you know, I just still think there's so many unpredictable elements to this. Um, so could it go through? Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they end up pulling it off, but I also definitely would not be surprised if they have to hit the brakes at some point. I mean, I, I think, I think any reasonable person who's been trying to follow any part of this pandemic, you know, not, we're not even talking about sports. Uh, you, you just never know. It, it's, it's just a very, very weird, unprecedented, precarious situation. Well, you mentioned baseball, uh, one of the sports kind of folding and then other sports having to follow or feeling the pressure. I do think baseball is the, the sport because they are traveling that it will be mo- most, um, I guess, most set up to fail in this case. The travel just makes it so much more risky. And I'm surprised that they're well, doing that. I um, will say this, Ryan, not to cut you off. Yeah. I think the thing people should be most concerned about with baseball right now is the complete failure in the testing system. Like all these teams are going to have to test at a pace that is unlike anything we've seen in any line of medical practice, basically. And already what, what was it? Six MLB teams have had failures in testing, not, not positive cases, just the ability to to functionally take and process the tests. So I, that's the part that I think worries me the most. It's when the, once NHL gets to Canada, I think they've gotten through the worst of it, but the, Everything we're seeing with baseball right now that is the most concerning is there isn't a system in every state set up for this type of testing. New York, surprisingly, again, if we had this conversation in March, I don't think in any of us would be thinking that New York is the place where everything seems to be working appropriately for something like this to happen. The Mets and Yankees are testing every other day, and it seems like neither of those teams are having a problem getting the test done. But you look at the Oakland Athletics. No tests. They haven't been able to get their tests processed since last week. The Houston Astros, backlog in tests. Washington Nationals, backlog in tests. It's it's just crazy to like it. I'm not even we're not even talking about positive tests at this point. We're simply talking about trying to test this many people in this short a time frame and this often. And it's not working. So I I I think before you even get to the point of what does a team do when someone tests positive, shit, we can't get them tested. So, like, what what about that process is supposed to make me feel like any kind of plan could work? I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, the NHL, the, the slight, like, we, we, you guys have touched on the NHL maybe being in a little bit of a better position. And one of the minor advantages that they have had is this phase two has been a slow buildup where, you know, they've had a couple players show up at a time and that makes the testing more manageable. But the storm will come next week when every team will have you know, full participation, presumably 31 players in each camp. You're talking over 700 players in total for the 24 teams. I mean, that's when the testing is really going to have to ramp up and they're going to have to process a lot more in a much shorter time. So they could maybe have some of the same issues next week. You don't know, but at least for most of these teams, they opened June 8th or whatever it was, and they've kind of been slowly building up and you know, the Rangers for a long time only had like six or seven players there. But there's going to come a point now where every team has 31 players, and then how do they manage that? Do you know what the sort of testing protocol is at MSG currently? Is it every other day? Is it every week? Yeah, my understanding is that I think it's supposed to be – I don't think it's just MSG. I think it's all NHL is that it's supposed to be every other day once phase three starts. Right now, I think it's – I don't know if it's every other day, but I think it's at least twice a week right now. Um, so, you know, they, they're they testing frequently, but again, you're going to have 
a lot of these teams recently have maybe had half their players or, or fewer. Like the Rangers, like I said, for the first two weeks, it was like six or seven players is all they had there. Um, so now we're going to get to the point beginning Monday where every team is supposed to have 31 players. And, you know, how does that work? So question after question after question that, that quite frankly, I don't really have the answer to. It's crazy because we've had you on for like 22 minutes already. We have barely talked hockey like at all. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're it's playing. a weird situation. It's such a, like, even for me figuring out, like deciding day to day and week to week, like what to write about. Like mm-hmm. there's this balance of, uh, you know, on one hand, obviously we're going to follow all the COVID stuff closely and, and check in with how the players are doing. And, you know, is the league going to be able to pull this off? But then on the other hand, you know, obviously I want to give, you know, we want to give people an escape. We want to have some fun. We do want to write some stuff about hockey and about the, the things that we know people enjoy reading about. So it's been this like weird balancing act. Plus obviously with no games going on and no, it's not like we're in the off season where free agency is happening or the draft is happening. I mean, we did have the lottery, but besides that, uh, I feel like I've had to get a little creative with some of this stuff too, which has been fun. It's been a challenge. Um, but it's just every, everything about it is, is odd. Strange. Uh, I have a, definitely a few more questions for you, Vince. Uh, this week, July 1st passed. I don't know if you know that. And, uh, cause I know the days, the days blend at this point. And I was under the impression yeah. that Jacob Truba's no move contract kicked in at that point. But then I've been hearing rumors or at least people yelling at me on Twitter. That's pretty much the same thing at this point. Um, that the league year has moved back to October, November. When does the new move contract actually come into effect for these players? Yeah, I believe it's it's after the season concludes and they're giving that time. So the off season essentially has been moved to, it would usually be July, August, and now it's looking like October, November. So I believe that the new, that the no move would kick in, after the Stanley cup, which is supposed to be potentially in early October. Um, so I think it's like October 15th or November 1st, something like that. So strange. Uh, Cause I, Ranger fans are going to talk about buying out Truba or amnestying Truba, even though there's no like amnesty deals coming in this new. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. That's not happening. It's, it's not happening. happening. It's it's just going to constantly come up. You have to worry about that. Yeah. No, yeah. I just know that's a constant conversation that's going to come up until he, until the no move contract kicks in. So I was just hoping it already did, so I don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, Truba's Truba's not going anywhere. Uh, they, I mean, but I, now, I mean, Ryan, we can just stop talking about it because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, like he's not getting, yeah. he's not getting moved. Fair. I, I hate, yeah. I honestly hate when it gets brought up because I don't know how to explain to people. It doesn't matter if you think he played like shit last year; he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah he's That's not simple. going anywhere. Now there are guys that could be going somewhere, and they are going to have some really, really tough decisions to make whenever the offseason does come because the salary cap is remaining flat. Like the, they thought that they gave themselves this, this breathing room with the Brady Shea trade. And it, it's a really good thing they made that trade now because if they didn't, they'd be in even worse shape. But they're going to have some really tough decisions to make this offseason uh, because to keep this team intact as it is, it, it is virtually impossible. Well, that – I, mean, I, don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Because there are a couple of players that are going to be up for extensions rather soon. The, uh, the, the very notable Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom. Um, Your well, co-host? Uh, yeah, our co-host on uh, Watch This Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but they got their own podcast now. They left you guys in the dust. It's crazy. And did they get somebody from Philly to produce it who totally wasn't a Ranger fan? They did. Thank you for asking. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I, both of them are up, and Ryan Strom has been pretty active with M- with MSG and the Rangers media recently, even just doing some uh, some just casual Zoom uh, talks about how the offseason's been going. But I have a feeling he's one of the people that are going to be on the chopping block in this situation. Uh, and even Tony, who I felt like, from everything that Rick Carpinello has told us and all the feelings we've had from around the league, I felt like it was a lock to get an extension with the New York Rangers. Still feels like, wow, that might be up in the air now with this sort of hard cap uh, staying in for these next two years. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's tough because both of those guys have put themselves in a position where they should, based on the seasons that they just had, be able to make $5 million plus next year. Now, you know, whether the Rangers want to go long-term with either of them, that, that's an even different conversation. But if we're just looking at next season, you know, whether it's a, a shorter deal or a longer deal, just in terms of the, the average annual value, you know, both guys could easily make a case that they should be making $5 million plus right now. But I wrote about this the other day. If we're looking at what the Rangers roster is going to look like next year, I basically put 16 guys on it. I don't, I'm not going to, you know, we have to name them all. But mm-hmm. basically, there's 16 guys that are under contract next year, including Krostoff. Uh, But you could replace him with a younger player, and the salary structure is going to be similar. There's 16 guys that are pretty much locked in for spots next year. Um, and then you have to add at least four more guys there. Um, and, and by my math, they have about $13.5 million that they're going to be able to spend. So if you pay – Strom and D'Angelo, a combined 10 to 12 million. Well, then bye bye Esper Foss, uh, bye bye Alexander Georgiev, bye bye Brandon Lemieux. I mean, there's a lot of guys that it's going to be really, really. It, basically, they would have to all have like almost minimum salary players besides D'Angelo and Strom if they pay them the type of contract that those guys are probably looking for. Now, this obviously increases the, the likelihood of a Henrik Lundqvist buyout. I mean, that was always a possibility, but I think it's an even stronger possibility now. Um, but do the Rangers really want to keep buying guys out and adding to this dead cap space that they seem to have every single year? Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons now why they probably, you know, will give it strong consideration. Um, but there also are arguments to be made that, especially in D'Angelo's case, because they have so many young defensemen coming, that maybe selling high is, is the right move because you just locked up Truba for 8 million years. Eventually, you know you're going to have to give Adam Fox a pretty sizable deal if you want to keep him around because, you know, right now he looks like the best player that they have in terms of defensemen. Um, and do you really then want to be in a position where you're paying all three of your right-handed defensemen five, six million plus a year? I mean, that might not be sustainable. So there's just so many decisions that they have to make. I mean, I think that the likelihood – of D'Angelo and Strom maybe having to settle for shorter deals or even go through arbitration. I mean, the Rangers usually avoid arbitration, but I think this flat salary cap around the league is going to result in a lot more players going to arbitration. Uh, I think it makes more sense for the Rangers because, you know, giving out, the, giving out a long-term deal and paying those guys the type of salary that they're going to be asking for, it, it just sets them up for a, a lot of issues. The, the, this, the, the effects of this virus financially in terms of, keeping the cap frozen for the next two years is really going to hurt a lot of teams. And the Rangers are definitely in that mix. Well, yeah. And I, I think the important thing we haven't touched on here yet is we're simply just talking about the Rangers bringing the bands back together. I think the misconception that a lot of Ranger fans have is just the understanding that the New York Rangers need to get better. 
and expecting every player on the roster to continue to gradually get better themselves and make the entire team better is not a productive way to go about envisioning a hockey team one day winning a Stanley Cup or being a perennial playoff contender. So we're simply talking about bringing the band back. But the New York Rangers and Jeff Gorton in particular need to be talking about how do we improve this team? And if you're trying to lock up Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo, you're crippling your ability to find ways to improve the team. You're basically at that point just improving around the edges. And that's not what the New York Rangers need to do. Well, Tony was very – Yeah, but I, I, I do think that, you know, with all of the young players that they've brought in in the last few years and all the players that they've drafted, I mean, they have to reasonably expect that the core is here. That, that they need a lot of a lot of these players are going to continue to develop, continue to get better. They're just scratching the surface of their potential, and that you know this is the team that they're going to roll with. Uh, and you know if you have a, a blossoming Igor Shosturkin, a blossoming Capo Caco, a blossoming Philip Hedl, Vitali Krasov, and then you have legitimate superstars in Panarin and Zibanejad, uh, you know, this, and you know Adam Fox. I mean, you can go on down the line. They have a lot of young guys that they feel like are not as good as they are going to be yet. So that is going to have to be the strength of this team moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely arguments to be made that they, you know, Jeff Corton might need to get creative and find a way to bring, you know, more impact players in here. But I do believe that they were feeling like next year, if they had basically the same team intact with everybody a year better, that they would definitely be in playoff contention. And then the following year, with the Lundquist salary coming off the books, with the Brendan Smith salary coming off the books, with the Mark Stahl salary coming off the books, that they would be in position to maybe go and make a free agent splash or bring in another high-impact player. Um, but okay. next year, I don't know how much flexibility they're going to have to do much beyond trying to, like you said, bring the band back together. I'm very curious because like, I, I watched this team play defense this year, um, and it's not like it was great. Uh, Adam Fox definitely was was an outstanding player the entire year, but everyone else I would consider rather lackluster def- uh, defensively. And I know Lindy Ruff is being uh, considered to be head coach for the New Jersey Devils, and I hope you know I hope they do a great job taking him. Um, but there's been other there were there were so many deficiencies there, and signing Tony despite his offensive production, I think I think the Rangers would be happy with a bridge deal. But I I I think before I think there was if there was no way. If this virus never happens, they sign him to five years. But I kind of feel like they'll bridge deal Tony at this point, or at least that's what they'll offer him. Uh, and I, I'm not sure. They have a lot of defensemen in, in the in the system, like you mentioned. There's so many. And if, if I'm signing Tony to a long-term deal, I just kind of put myself into the position of, like, this is my defense pretty much for the next five years. And it was one of the worst defenses in the league. I, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I know it would – piss Tony off and I, I it would not be the best thing for the Rangers in terms of you know chemistry and building relationships and keeping their players happy not at all but probably the smartest thing that they could do is take Tony to arbitration try to keep his salary as reasonable as possible for next year knowing that you know you have a player that has a very similar skill set and you think probably projects long term is a better player in Adam Fox and you know, at this time next year, it's very likely that Nils Lundqvist will be in play. And he's another guy that is, you know, an undersized defenseman, not necessarily known for his defense, but but very skilled offensively. Um, you know, you, you, you have some guys that are kind of repetitive skill sets here. Um, and, 
I just don't know how much sense it makes to position yourself. I mean, you know, unless they're planning to move one of them to the left side, which I, I know you, I've heard you guys talk about this before. Yes. Uh, I don't know if I see that happening in the immediate future. Um, you know, what do you do with Nils Lundqvist in, in another year or so? Um, you know, I, it, it's an interesting situation. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons to keep D'Angelo around. And I definitely think they're going to need him next year now that we know Lundqvist isn't coming. Um, but I just don't know if it is the most prudent thing for them to do right now, given the flat salary cap to go and, you know, give him $6 million a year for multiple years, uh, because that is going to limit them in other areas. Big time. Um, I want to bring it back to just uh, the more boring stuff that we were talking about before, just for a quick second, because I wonder if you heard anything about the uh, sort of the Artemi Panarin escrow saga where he came out and said he's standing with the players and trying to get rid of escrow and et cetera. If, if anything sort of came your way with that. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised when, when, when that first came out. Um, Cause you know, Panarin's like a very like all smiles, friendly guy, never really seems to want to rock the boat too much. And that was, that was a pretty bold move that I think, you know, was in, in some ways him kind of asserting himself as a leader, not just for the Rangers, but around the league. Like, you know, he's a legitimate superstar in the league and, you know, his voice carries some weight. Uh, and I think it was a meaningful gesture for him to put that out for sure. Um, I mean, I don't think that there's any risk of him. I think, you know, if the season does finish, if they, if they are able to pull off this tournament this summer, I absolutely think Panarin's going to be involved. Um, I, I don't think that, that we have any reason to believe that he is so displeased with the current financial um, situation that he would like, you know, say, Hey, I'm not going to play. Uh, but I think he was taking a leadership role and kind of sending a message to the other players around the league that, Hey, this is something that we need to openly talk about. And this is something that everybody should, you know, have a say in. And, and I don't, he personally didn't feel that the current arrangement was in the best interest of the players. So he spoke out about it. Um, you know, I was surprised that he did it, but I, I definitely think that it was, uh, you know, it's always refreshing when players are going to be honest with you about what's on their mind. And, and that was definitely a situation with that. But I mean, are you getting it? Like, is there any risk of him sitting out because he's upset? No, I didn't think he was upset. He did say he would like to play in front of New York and he's, it seemed like he was fighting for people, but I just didn't, it's something I didn't, I was fighting, fighting for players rather. I didn't see that coming from him. I'm excited that he did it, but I didn't know if there was any more information that maybe wasn't revealed to us or. Uh, was keep kept behind the scenes at this point. No, no. I, I just think that he felt like he was in a position where his voice would carry some weight on the issue and he spoke out. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe that'll be a sign of more to come with him in the future. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think that it, it was it was one of those things where he knew that they were going to be negotiating the CBA extension and uh, he wanted to have his voice heard. Do you think that he'll speak out again when he doesn't win the heart? <laughs> Uh, I doubt it, no. Okay. Uh, but I do think, and I know a lot of people will call me biased because I cover the Rangers, but I do think that there is a really strong argument uh, for him for him to be the winner there. No bias. I, I know Dry Saddle put up, I know Dry Saddle put up a lot of points this year, but I just think when you look at the underlying numbers, when you look at the impact that he made on the team, when you look at how far the Rangers came in large part because of him. I mean, look at early in the season, Mika Zibanejad goes down. And the Rangers still were very productive and actually had a really good record during that stretch. And he was obviously the main reason why. I mean, he came here as a free agent and not only lived up to the hype, in some ways exceeded it and completely raised the level of this team. And it really all came together in the second half of the year. And I mean, you know, 
I don't think anybody would argue that he wasn't by far their best player. And that's with Mika Zibanejad having an incredible season. Um, so I, I think there's a really strong argument for him when it, when it comes to the heart. Gregory, any other questions for our dear friend Vincent? Uh, I, I think the defense rests. Interesting. Uh, Vince, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Why don't you go ahead and plug everything you do? Yeah, uh, well, you hit it on the first. You know, USA Today, any of the um, any of the properties for USA Today in the New York, New Jersey area. So, lowhud.com, northjersey.com, uh, all that stuff. Uh, obviously, you can just find me on Twitter. And, you know, I, I put out my links pretty frequently, so you won't have a hard time finding my work. Very easy um, to find Vince's work. And, <laughs> and then, I mean, and then hopefully I'll be able to share some content with you guys once once training camp starts. I mean, obviously, if they let me in, I'm going to do as much as I can to uh, give you guys as much behind the scenes glimpses with videos and quotes and, and everything else I can do. But it's going to be weird. I, don't, I still don't know what I'm walking into exactly. So, they're, they're letting uh, one social media person in, Vince, and they didn't call me. Really rude. Really rude. Yeah. Also, to be clear, because I, I appreciate the people that were tagging me in those tweets, but that is a social media person that works for the team, and I do not work for the team, so I think I am exempt from consideration. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe you guys should – maybe, Ryan, you should put in an application or something. Yeah, they've denied me before. <laughs> yeah, not, I, I'm, pre- I, I'm pretty sure I know who's going to be doing it. So. Yeah, not the first <laughs> time I've been denied from MSG. That's all right. Uh, Vince, thanks so yeah. much, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. Be good. All right, guys, take care. Glad to hear you're feeling better, Ryan. Of course, bud. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.